Welcome to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast, a show dedicated to the storytelling that happens or should happen when practitioners purchase technology. Each episode is designed to inspire new ways and ideas to make your business better as we speak with the brightest minds in recruitment and HR tech. That's what we do. Here's your host, William Tincup. This is William Tincup, and you're listening to the Use Case Podcast. Today, we have Eric on from KarmaCheck, and we'll be learning about the use case or the business case that his prospects and customers have used to purchase KarmaCheck. So while we jump into introductions, Eric, would you do us a favor and introduce both yourself and KarmaCheck? Hey, thanks for having me on, William. Sure. Uh, so, uh, my name is Eric Lee. I'm one of the co-founders and the CEO of uh, KarmaCheck. Uh, my personal background is that I've been in tech for too long, uh, multiple decades. Uh, I've, I've started uh, numerous uh, tech companies, the most uh, well-known of which uh, is LinkedIn, where I was one of the co-founders. Uh, I've been in B2B software for you know all of my career, basically. Um, and a few years ago, I uh, really got interested in the space uh, that KarmaCheck is in today. And it's the unlikely space of uh, background checks, but essentially what I was uh, looking for was kind of that blue check mark uh, that would go next to uh, profiles online, you know, such as what you'd find on LinkedIn, elsewhere, uh, and just basically confirm the information uh, that you're seeing about a person is uh, true and verified. Uh, so that's how we got to uh, working on KarmaCheck and what we're doing today. So, so one of the things that, that I love about what you're doing is, um, again, making it easier for people to understand. Okay, this has been this is you know this has been updated. This is you know this is an old data. This is new data. Have you have you asked or or have have customers asked or even uh, the the customers of their customers candidates asked? Uh, can they get a copy of your karma check? Yeah. So uh, you know. One of the interesting things about background checks that I learned as, as I got into this space was that uh, this this space is actually regulated, and so there's right. a right. law called the uh, you know FCRA, and it does allow candidates to get a copy of uh, whatever is found about them, and so that is a right that every uh, candidate uh, has, just like uh, you know when you. Uh, go get a credit report. You know, if you're getting a, a credit card or a loan, it's the same way in the employment situation. I wonder how many candidates actually know that, though. You know what I mean? Like, I I knew it because I've I've studied it, but like, how many candidates when they apply, just your Joe average candidate or Jane average candidate, when they apply to a job, it's usually not disclosed, even though yeah, yeah, you know it, I mean? it isn't. Yeah, and that that was one of the things that we. Uh, you know, went out to, to solve is that there usually isn't a lot of transparency in this process. You know, when uh, somebody goes and gets a right. job, uh, you know, they often have to submit to a background check and they enter in all this information about themselves and then they don't know, you know, where that information went or what happened to it. Um, but it is, in fact, the case that, uh, you know, individuals can get a copy of their background check and, uh, you know, see what it says about them. I think I think the more we yeah I love that by the way I think the more we make that transparent it's like okay here's the process so you're going to go through this behavioral assessment you're going to go through a criminal background check you're going to do in some cases maybe even a credit check if you're if you're dealing with money or whatever the bit is like taking them through those steps and it's like and by the way if you'd like a copy of that 
you know, click here and, you know, then you can get that as well. I just, I just think the more transparent about the, the entire process, the better the experience for the candidate, but also just for us, like, just like we don't have to hide these things, but um, I did want to get your take on something I saw at uh, at HR Tech back in October was a lot of, you know, the, the huge, the publics, the, the publicly traded uh, folks that play in our space is they're, they're moving. It seemed to me, at least again, one guy looking at this, it seemed to me that they were moving. Uh, they still do one and dones, you know, signing up people and they could do that, but they were doing also kind of extending that into monitoring. Okay. So once you know, pre-hire, you want to do a background check, of course, check, got that. But then the person then gets employed and three weeks later they get arrested for murder or whatever. They don't, they don't really necessarily, unless it's in a handbook, they don't necessarily have to disclose that. So how do you know? And so I think one of the things I found fascinating is that moving into not just pre-hire assessment and checking, but also kind of employee monitoring. Monitoring kind of gets a bad rap. Because it sounds negative when I say it, like, oh, you're monitoring. So it's like, no, it's it, you're actually, it's risk assessment. It's risk management. You want to just make sure that things are still the way that they were, were when you did pre-hire. Do you, did you see the same, first of all, if not HR tech, do you see the same thing with kind of not just doing pre-hire stuff, but kind of doing post-hire? Yeah, I mean, that's a great point, William. Uh, you know, we're seeing more and more of that, you know, in the monitoring space. I would definitely say that it's a emerging field. Uh, but, you know, more to the point of, you know, why it's important, you know, why, uh, you know, employers should look into it. I mean, if you know, flip it around and, you know, imagine that, uh, you know, you're a, a rider, you know, of, of Uber, right? And, right. Uh, Uber's hired all these drivers, uh, you know, they've all gone through background checks when, they were first brought on board, uh, but you know, what if uh, you know someone uh, you know while they're working for one of these services, uh, you know, has a DUI, right? As as a uh, you know writer, uh, you certainly would love to you know, know about that. So um, you know that's why you know things like monitoring uh, you know create value. Uh, there are you know even industries like uh, healthcare where you know you want the you know uh, physicians and the nurses to continue to you know have uh, their licenses for example up to date uh, other kinds of uh, credentials like drug tests and so forth so those are all kind of if you will you know monitoring scenarios um, so even the word choice of word may not be the best uh, it's still a valuable function that is really valuable in uh, some industries and i would say is actually growing into you know more and more industries that may, you know may not be obvious uh, right now I love that. Do you, uh, obviously from industry to industry, depending on the compliance that they have to adhere to, uh, background checks can be uh, like, again, it can be a pick box of the things that they require, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, different industries have uh, different uh, things they, you know, want to check of their workers. Uh, it actually varies across uh, industries. Uh, you know, in some cases it's required. So there's a specific set of uh, things that need to be done in other industries. It's uh, really nice to have, um, you know, just for, you know, sort of safety and risk uh, mitigation, as you right. were you know, saying. Um, and yeah, uh, you know, the, the interesting thing about background checks is that, uh, 
there's some statistic out there that says 96% of employers actually run background checks of one sort or another. So it's pretty much ubiquitous. I love that. Okay, so from a workflow perspective, uh, I've always thought of background checks, especially on the pre-hire side. I've always seen those kind of, you can do it out further out in the funnel, um, or you can do it closer into once you feel like you've got the candidates, like uh, want to get your, or go into want to get your take on where to, where they should, where where you see your clients apply background checks. And then the second thing is, I'm assuming that y'all are integrated into ATSs or in, into that workflow of ATSs, but I don't, you know, I want to make, I want to want to make sure of that. Your favorite question, right, William? <laughs> <About ATSs. laughs> right. Yeah. Um, you know, so these days, uh, background checks do get run in a fairly late in the, in the process. You know, candidate, uh, you know, has a job offer um, uh, or, you know, maybe even shortly you know, after they start, uh, there's a background check that, uh, you know, gets run. And, um, you know, I think the reason for that is it's, um, you know, it's historical in that it's uh, been relatively, you know, uh, uh, lengthy. It's taken some time to run background checks, and they, you know, do uh, cost uh, you know a fair bit of money in, in some cases. And so, employers uh, in general don't want to incur that cost until they're pretty sure about a candidate. Now, what we've seen is that uh, you know there are uh, you know definitely companies, uh, a lot of uh, tech platforms, I would say, that have this idea that there's actually maybe an advantage to running uh, them sooner, or at least part of a background check uh, sooner. And the reason for that is that uh, it helps uh, kind of separate uh, you know, candidates that do have uh, issues with their background uh, from ones that maybe you know, don't. Um, and that uh, accrues a couple benefits. One, it, it, it sort of allows uh, you know, platforms to you know, to figure out, you know, which people they could potentially, you know, place faster. Um, and it also allows the candidates to kind of separate themselves, you know, with kind of a clean bill of health compared to other candidates that might have issues on their record. Right, right, right. So before we hit some of the buy side stuff, where do you, where do you see, you know, in 2023, you know, from a product perspective, where do y'all see all kind of going? Where do you see your clients kind of pushing you? Cause you know, obviously you, you're listening to your clients and they're, they're, they're always asking you for new stuff. Where do you, where do you kind of see without anything proprietary, of course, but just where do you see the product going? Well, we see a number of exciting directions. You know, I think you know, one of the things that are on a lot of business owners' minds is, you know, how's the economy Mm-hmm. Do in 2023, and then one of the things that we've learned, you know, having seen a couple of cycles, is that you know when there are downturns or the potential for downturns, there's uh, actually the rise of uh, contingent labor. You know, that is to say, com- companies tend to hire more temporary workers than they do uh, full-time workers, um, and that's where companies like us really plays, uh, you know, to the strengths. Of that kind of situation, because you know, to the extent that a company is able to, you know, find uh, contingent workers and uh, you know place them faster, maybe there's there's some churn in uh, that area, you know, to replenish those workforces. Um, you know, that's where you know having a fast background check company uh, really uh, helps, and and that's what you know is one of our 
you know, value propositions is really the speed and the turnaround times of how quickly we're able to, um, you know, turn around uh, background checks. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's it's almost like response time. Uh, it becomes that kind of thing is, can we do this in, you know, what, what used to take, uh, historically, what used to take weeks, uh, you know, now we, we're, now it's days, now it's hours, now it's minutes, now it's seconds, like how fast in doing and in, in maintaining quality, of course, how fast can we do this? And, and you're constantly looking at, okay, how can we do it faster, but also keep that same quality? Yeah, and, and there's really another you know trend that you know has been going on for a while and seems to continue is that you know there, there is definitely competition for talent and mm-hmm. so uh, you know the same workers uh, you know be they an hourly worker or even a you know skilled knowledge worker um, you know across a variety of different fields um, you know a lot of employers are often competing for the same person. Yep. And, uh, you know, there's been a really interesting trend, you know, recently around the, you know, candidate experience, you know, how, how can uh, employers provide a, a better kind of onboarding experience for the candidates that they want to attract. And because uh, background checks are often one of the essential elements of onboarding, you know, having a fluid and you know, pleasant, friendly experience through that part of the process uh, is becoming more important. So, so let's, yeah. So, so let's do some buy side stuff. Um, what's your favorite part of the karma check demo? Well, there's really a lot of them. Um, <laughs> it's and, like, uh, what who's your favorite <laughs> kid? <laughs> wouldn't be surprised to, to know. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, you know, we, we've definitely tried to, you know, make a different kind of, uh, experience, right? A different kind of product for both employees uh, and candidates. And, uh, you know, one of the things that, you know, I, th- I think, you know, is starting to emerge is really this uh, candidate experience, as I mentioned before. Uh, you know, one of the challenges uh, is that, you know, when candidates submit their information, they, they really don't know what happened to uh, that information or the process. Um, you know, for getting through the background check. And so what happens now is that they tend to call up the employer, you know, if it takes a while um, to run the background check and they say, hey, where's that uh, background check? I'm really eager to start. And, uh, you know, by the way, have you finished it yet? And so one of the, uh, you know, capabilities of our product is that we have a candidate dashboard that we show uh, to candidates. And at any time they can go there, they can look up uh, all of the different kinds of, uh, checks that an employer has asked to run and find out the, the status of all that information in real time. And, uh, you know, that really solves kind of a big pain point that employers have and having to answer that question. Uh, but it also helps the candidate to uh, really, you know, figure out, you know, where they are, if they need to provide some more information or there's a part of it that, you know, is blocked for some reason. Uh, and we found that when we show this, you know, to uh our customers, they, they really, you know, get a big kick, you know, out of that, uh, not the least of which this all happens on a mobile device. And, you know, as we know these days, uh, most people are on their mobile phones and uh, they're allowed to, they're, they're, they're able to check on this information uh, wherever and whenever they are. I love that. Okay. So questions buyers should ask. 
and uh, it, as it relates specifically to to karma check, but also to background checks in in particular, background screening in particular. What what when a practitioner is thinking about this, either for the first time or they're thinking about moving from from one one to another, etc. What are the questions that they should be asking you? Yeah, you know, there, there's there's uh, in this industry, there's you know a few things that always matter, and uh, you know, I think those questions continue to be important, and and so those things, you know, are uh, the speed at which a background check can be completed, um, you know, how much does it uh, cost, and uh, how accurate, you know, is it, and so those dimensions, uh, you know, should never be sacrificed, and they should, uh, you know, get the the, the best uh, outcomes uh, out of those three factors as they can. But I'd like to offer maybe a couple other considerations as, you know, businesses are shopping around for, um, you know, such solutions. Um, you know, one is, you know, one of the things that we found is that companies have had to rely on multiple systems to get their background screening, you know, work done. And so they've have multiple systems that they've had to, you know, weave together and, uh, you know, that creates challenges because you have to manage multiple systems and they have to talk to each other. And, you know, like you were saying, you, know, you have to link up multiple systems into uh, an ATS. Um, and, uh, you know, there are solutions, uh, you know, such as ours uh, out there today that, uh, you know, tie a lot of those things together, in kind of a one-stop shop uh, type of model so that, you know, there can be fewer systems, you know, to, uh, to manage this. So oh, I would say that's super helpful for people too, just because that's the general kind of trend for a lot of practitioners. I, I need less systems. I just, I need, you know, less logins, less systems. I just want to be able to do this, this bit uh, and, and not have to contend with the 16 others that are different things. So I love that again, I think that's a great kind of questions that uh, questions for practitioners to say is say how does this how does this fit in the in this in this technology stack or the ecosystem that I've already built? Is it something outside of it, or is it something that it can easily kind of fit within it? I I love that line of thinking. Yeah, that's right. Um, and uh, you know the the other point that I'd mentioned is you know to to really look at the user experience, uh, you know, of this kind of uh, sector, you know, it's, there's a lot of grumbling, you know, these days both within <laughs> companies and outside of companies, right. you know, sort of, a, you know, background checks are kind of a necessary evil. Nobody likes to do it, but it's. Uh, and and I think that's a bad, first of all, I just think it positions in our minds because I think that it, there goes, there's a history lesson here because background checks a hundred years ago were done by private investigators. So they weren't necessarily trying to find good stuff out about <laughs> the positive things out about candidates. They were trying to find the negative things about uh, candidates. And uh, and again, that was you know a hundred years ago. We've we've slept since then. You know the, these are not necessary evils. This is about understanding the candidate and managing as from an HR perspective and and from a recruiting perspective is managing risk. It's about understanding your candidate in a deeper way. Like it, like that necessary. I hear that almost every time when people refer to background screening and background checks. They say, oh, it's a necessary evil. I have to do it. You know, I have to do it. You don't have to do it. You should want to do it because it gets you to understand the candidate in a deeper level. But I, I, 
it's a trigger for me when someone when when folks say that and it relates to background screening it's like you should want to do it like why it isn't it isn't an evil first of all scratch that word it's actually helpful yeah that's a really insightful point and uh you know we're one of those companies that is you know certainly trying to you know create a new reputation for what background checks are all about and you know how background checks can work but you know one of the really interesting scenarios is, you know, imagine if, you know, as a result of a background check, you as a, you know, candidate that was looking for some kind of work, uh, you know, had a had a badge on your profile uh, on that platform, you know, that indicated that you had some kind of, you know, specific uh, experience or you were, you know, even cleared, you know, uh, of, uh, you know, any, you know, criminal, you know, history. Right. Um, you know, that would put you ahead, you know, uh, in competition with other workers that are, you know, vying for the same position. I think that, uh, you know, we, you know, it goes back to a broader, broader statement. If you have nothing to hide, then or nothing to fear, then you should love these things. Like, again, you know, but I think that people, there's a stigma, a historical stigma, and also people that do have things that hide. They don't like credit checks. They don't like background checks, you know, because they have things that they'd rather other people not know about. Like, that's fair. Like, I get that. I mean, I understand that argument. It's just, you know, from an employer perspective, I think the more you can know about a candidate, the more, you know, the more informed hiring decision you can make. And then as it goes into employment, again, understanding the employee at a deeper level and understanding what's going on in their life helps you. It, does, it doesn't harm you at all. Eric, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much, A, for your time, but also for for educating us on Karma Chang. It's a pleasure, William. Nice to talk to you. Absolutely. And thanks, everyone, for listening to the Use Case Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform and hit us up at recruitingdaily.com.